Hey there, folks. It's episode 104, and I'm here delivering the intro as Heather pretends she's not in the room listening to me. This week, we're joined by GFOP Genesee Joe from 92.7 The Drive as he celebrates his 25 years on the radio. Uh, plus, we're going to play a special game to celebrate our two-year anniversary. Who said it? Donald Trump or Mr. Burns from The Simpsons? All that, plus much, much more. Episode 104, folks. We're happy to see you. I'm more ready to do the show every single other day of the week than Monday. (laughs) Sometimes when I get here, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I think that's the crux of... Pardon me, I want to open that before I started. Uh, That's the crux of podcasting, I think, sometimes. Like, even... Like, I get really stressed out on Monday before the show, and then once we get about five minutes into it, I'm usually just like, nah, it's okay. We're fine. It's just like anything else for me. It's the actual motivation of beginning to do anything. The process of starting is worse than the actual process of maintaining, if that makes any sense. I think I think I would I would feel just as much dread um, if it was any other day of the week. That would just be the day that I didn't feel like doing it. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's just kind of the way it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, It seems like sure. a whole layout, and you want to make sure it goes right, and everyone's going to enjoy it, and... Interesting. Well, tough lives we have. We know, have tough, tough lives. <laughs> There's so much going on in the world, and this is what we're worrying about. Here. Well, welcome back, folks. Episode 104. Uh, this week, we are joined by local Utica radio legend, Genesee Joe, who uh, broke the record for the longest podcast interview we've ever had on the show. How about that? Nope. He's celebrating his 25 years uh, on the air, which is pretty crazy. Um, 25 years, I'm trying to think. It's, I would have been six when he started. <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. We've only done two years, and it's, like, already crazy. I know. It's wild. It's wild. And his is, like, every, like, more than once a week, too. Yeah, I know. He's there everyday content. <laughs> every day. I was asking him about that. Yeah, but he gets yeah, to play songs, come? though. I know. He's yeah. not out there just chatting <laughs> the void. We're literally not allowed to play songs anymore. Uh, yeah, it's true. So, anyway, uh, Genesee Joe interview coming up. It is a long one, and, um, I do, well, I'll pull back the curtain a little later to why this show might be a little bit Shorter on content, I'm, uh, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's get into some big news here first. Uh, for those of you folks who maybe see a video on Facebook over the next few days of a strange gentleman dressed up as Ric Flair walking around holding a belt, wooing at people, uh, that familiar gentleman is myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did a favor, uh, for a good friend of ours, Paulie Diamond at the Gentleman's Corner Barbershop. Great friend of the pod. Great friend of the pod. Keeps looking handsome. Always. Pretty much everybody I know goes to him now these days. Yeah, right? even Heather goes there now, yeah? No, but Kaza is going to have an appointment to go there. So oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Just a little trim. They Just do such a good job. They do. They do great with kids, I've heard. They so. really are, yeah. It's a beautiful place he's got. He's done such a great job expanding that location. But uh, anyway, June 25th, Ric Flair, a night with the nature boy. Ooh. I'm sorry, I just wanted to get one woo in. Uh, you can go to uh, seventhinningstretch.com or go to Facebook, A Night with the Nature Boy, to get your tickets. Uh, he did give me a pair of tickets to the event as uh, as compensation for doing that mm-hmm. video. I'm excited. When's Indeed. the video coming out? 
It's actually probably out at any point in time. It's, it's out. out. I saw it on Facebook I didn't today. I see it. I yeah. want to see it. I this. saw it. It's out there. I want to see it. If you, I can just do Ric Flair impressions for you. No, oh, no, 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 no. I want to watch the video. Oh no! <laughs> um, so yeah, so you're going to see the Nature Boy, huh? Yes. That's uh, exciting. Mr. Parkinson is also supposed to come with me, but knowing him, he'll bail out. So mm-hmm. you might be coming with me. Depending well, you on... know, the fact that I got passed over for Parkinson <laughs> makes me not want to come at all anymore. Can I tell you why you got passed over for Parkinson? I don't think it'll be a good enough reason. Uh, he was named specifically when he handed me the tickets. He said, "Give this to these are for you and Justin." Was what he said to me. Oh, so I'm gonna. Oh. When I go in and get a haircut on Wednesday, yes. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Me and I, it takes me about an hour to get a haircut every time I go there. Not that my haircut's that hard, but me and Paulie spend forty-five minutes talking. Yes, like we'll just stop and we spend the whole time talking and breaking balls, and I have so much fun. And I finally learned, like this feels like it should be an ad, but I finally learned what like all the old timers are talking about. They have like their barber shop they like to go hang out at. Oh yeah, I finally get it. Even the I don't. Even I walk by there and everyone's sitting there. I'm like, I kind of want to go in there and just hang out. Mm-hmm. They serve drinks. I'd probably stop in. They serve Saranac root beer. <laughs> they do serve oh, Saranac root beer. For free. Free Saranac root beers on the house all the time. It's a, it's a nice little bonus. And I have to say, it's a great point you brought up. It's actually something I've talked about with Polly before. I said, you know, Polly, uh, barring, you know, you just decide you don't want to do this anymore or me miraculously moving away again out of nowhere like you might be the only person who ever cuts my hair for the rest of my life same kind of a crazy feeling right mm-hmm. well, you, you know a lot about somebody when they cut your hair learn a lot about they it they tell you everything uh, so anyway June 25th go to uh, facebook.com nature, night with the nature boy 7th inning stretch.com to get tickets it will be a good time um, father's day was yesterday so um, for all you fathers out there who are living the dream you know Good for you guys for being there, showing up. Uh, how does Zach celebrate Father's Day, Heather? Do you do we anything? We were fun? in Lake Placid. Nice. So we uh, went on a hike and stuff, and we stopped. We didn't do a whole lot. I mowed the lawn for him. You mowed the lawn? Nice, That's right? nice. That I is went, nice. I got home and I mowed the lawn, so it wasn't his Father's Day. I like mowing the lawn, so I might have been mad at you for doing that, like taking away this thing that I like to do, but that's okay. No, he doesn't like to do it, so I did. <laughs> do you have a riding mower? No, it was a push one. Uh, that's okay. Our yard's like the size of this room. That's <laughs> Um, I didn't get a real chance to see much of my old man yesterday, uh, for the most part, but I did, as I mentioned to you, Kev, have a very interesting conversation with my grandfather, my 93-year-old grandfather in North Utica, uh, and I also, and I don't know if this is, like, bad, I recorded it. No, no, that's good. I recorded the interview, he didn't know, and I didn't tell him because I thought it would be hard to explain to him. Uh, but I'm curious what I'm going to do with this tape now. What is it about? Just I just asked him questions about like being an old timer and like what his life was like in the war and like moving around from Texas to Utica and like his parents yeah. being from Italy. So I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do with him yet. You folks are probably going to get to hear them at some point in time. Maybe not today. Unless we really get bored and we just don't want to do any more work. I can just put up eight minutes interview. You guys feel about that? What Hit the tape. I'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Well, before we decide to do that, uh, I'll, I'm going to release them at some point in time, whether it's one interview, whether it's just like a part series. We'll, I'll figure something out for it. But it is pretty funny. There's some good stories he told me. I like talking to old timers. Old timers got lots of funny stuff to tell you. Different world they lived in. Um, so you guys want to get into some news before we get into the interview today? Anything at all? Go ahead. All right, good. Do it up. So there are some new NBA champions, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. There are conflicting reports, however, that the Golden State Warriors... Uh, it, was, it was reported earlier that the Golden State Warriors had unanimously decided that they were not going to visit the White House. Uh, and now that report has come under conflict, right? People are saying that's not true, fake news, whatever. Um, 
I guess what my question is this, like, I feel like for a guy like me, if I was a professional athlete right now and still the person I am, I would probably say no too, right? Because I didn't, it's not like where I lean politically. But is the office of president more important than the person who holds a president? Is the honor of going to the White House as the champion trump the person who's the president, if you will? It used to be. It used to be. Yeah, when you respected the person It used to charge. be. Yeah. I mean, no, listen, I, I, I would probably do the same thing. Sure. And I'm white. Yeah. If I was black, there's it's no true. chance. That's a fair point. Because what are you going to do? You're going to go there and you're going to let this guy glad hand and smile and take pictures. So you've got a picture of you shaking a hand with a guy that you fundamentally disagree with as a bad person and would like to, you know, d- like mm-hmm. fundamentally goes out and proves time after time they don't care about you and your people. No. Mm-hmm. Why would I go? What do I need to go for? If I'm if I'm Steph Curry, I've got yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars, what the hell do I care? No, I'm not going to go lie and shake hands just because the president used to be a respectable office. Sure. Absolutely and, not. And I can lie, I, know, I don't know a lot about sports, but I do know it's nice still to see people who are up there that have money, that have a voice for um, for people that can be up there and, well, and doing that. So. Well, hang on, Heather, because if you are a professional athlete and you have money, you're not allowed to have an opinion on anything besides sports. Do you know that? You're supposed to stick to only sports, so it doesn't really matter what you think if you're an athlete. I don't well, know why you do that. Well, I think when people look up to you, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the Kaepernick thing, right? Like, he, he does that. You make a political statement, you have a political, you know, agenda or whatever you want to call it, right? But people, the first thing people be like, oh, just a spoiled athlete, like, who cares? Like, yeah, no, just, it is true, though. It is, but like, are you not allowed to have an opinion because well, you're they, your position? Long, I think they still should keep doing it, no matter what people think about it. I do too. So. I, it's just me. Um, this is something you'll probably hear anytime any sports team wins anything for the next four years, right? Like every no, sport. Absolutely not. Only only the NBA. Only not, the NBA. Not a chance on God's green earth you hear this from the NFL or Major League Baseball. No chance. Well, it happened there with less than zero. Players that. Yeah, the Patriots. The Patriots had some players who didn't end up showing up. Yeah, there's a couple players, but, but you, won't, you won't see a full team. That's so. true. Maybe you can. Maybe you can threat, see if they hear this and <laughs> yeah. maybe they'll maybe they'll actually do it now. <laughs> well, it's funny because like it, with the Patriots, it was a little different because I think like Belichick and Trump are like pals, aren't they? So is Brady. Yeah, yeah Brady and him are buddies. So They're all little... best buddies. I just thought it was interesting that if the Warriors did decide as a team unanimously to do that, I think that's kind of a power move. So wait, hey. did you find out if it was a real story or if it's? Um, it's, it's not really a real story. They were never act. They haven't. They hadn't been oh, invited. So this story broke the day after they won. Somebody had said earlier in the season, one of the guys on the team, like, "Oh no, we're not going. Like, I don't want to go." So it was like a report, and the new like breathless hysterical media era that we live in, like, yeah, ran away with it. And on like all the like feel good echo chamber sites, there was like, "This just in. Look at the Warriors aren't going to go. They're standing up to Trump." And, Got it. Then they were like, "We nobody's actually been invited. This isn't a real thing. Everybody's <laughs> talking about it, but it's not real. Just more breathless speculation from the batshit insane media. Got it. Uh, I do have two more uh, Trump-based stories where I want to get past. One is fun. We're going to save it for the end. This one is kind of funny. This is a Fox and Friends news report. So this is why I thought this Jesus. was hilarious. Okay. And I did, my question is, I guess I should name this segment, Who Is This For? is the name of this new segment. There's reports last week that Trump is planning to build the wall in Mexico as a solar-powered wall to use it as both a wall to keep out illegal immigrants but also provide solar power so this way the liberals can't be mad at it because solar power obviously is something we like. So how can we be mad about this solar-powered wall? Kevin, explain how you're mad about the solar-powered wall. Uh, <laughs> listen, look, 
Nobody's building a wall. <laughs> Nobody's building a wall. Did you see? Uh, did you see the video that Vicente Fox put out talking about the? Do you know Vicente yeah, Fox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The former president of Mexico was amazing. Hysterical. But they're saying the wall. The wall is the dumbest thing in the world. And anybody who thinks the wall is a good idea or a real thing, come fight me at my house. Not even on Twitter. <laughs> come here and I will embarrass you on public. We can go Facebook Live. It's the dumbest thing I've ever I love heard. At the end it's of so video. dumb. Oh, he, he just draws a picture of a ladder. It's so dumb. And he just shows it to her. He's like, this is. He goes through everything and then just draws a picture of a ladder. I just think that this is hilarious because part of me is like, all right, some GOP guy looked at this and was like, oh, we're going to get him good with this one. Oh, you're against solar energy now? It's like, what? No. <laughs> who is this for? And that was, who is this for? Good segment. I'm going to start doing just, this one more often. I like that. Oh, I quit. <laughs> I know. Um, no, the show. I quit the show. No, no. <laughs> well, don't quit just no, yet. Don't. Don't quit just yet. We have some history lessons coming up. I need to like those. Oh, no, wait. I'm... I literally can't wait till you leave for this. <laughs> All right, so before we get into this week's interview, which, as I mentioned, is the longest interview we've ever had on the show uh, with Genesee Joe. Uh, he did say I could use his real name, but why not? Genesee Joe is a dope nickname. Everybody okay. knows Genesee, the name Genesee Joe. We go out there and say Joe Trezolino. Nobody knows who that is. That's true. Uh, Genesee Joe, though, uh, 25 years, celebrating his 25th year on the air uh, he started at Super OUR. Nice guy. Yeah, he started at OUR. He's now in 92.7 The Drive. Great guy. Are you sliding in right now? We're going to slide in in a minute. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, I wanted to bring something up to you guys before we slide in, though, because uh, I didn't really bring this up to him as much as I had planned on it because we sort of got off topic, which is what happens when you sure. get two talkative Italians in a room. We get off topic Jesus. a lot. Um, but I was trying to, for people who are like of a certain generation, I don't think they understand that the radio was a much bigger like cultural touch point in our lives for a certain period of time than it is considered today Who, us yeah like terrestrial almost radio almost not even though almost almost we're on that back we're end of barely back. caring mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i you know i i think of like three djs when i think of the radio growing up i think of like uh, you know, I think of Genesee Joe, obviously, because I like my stepdad liked classic rock. My dad liked classic rock. I heard his voice a lot. I think about my good friend Rain Man from K Rock GFOP, who's been on the show. And I think of just, I don't even remember his name. I just remember there was a guy named Scorch, right? Yeah. He was the oh other guy. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't, yes. I don't remember much about him, but that was. A name. I also remember shout yeah. out to the Dr. Jerry Krause. I remember oh, Jerry, Jerry Krause. Krause. Jerry Krause. Yeah. See, I remember Jerry Krause remember now Jerry. as like a I guy. Have a good I man in a class act. I remember him as like a guy I see around. Right? Was he years ago? Yeah. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, he actually well. Um, Joe's going to get into a lot of that. He talks a lot about uh, his his partnership over the years with Jerry and Tom oh. Starr and all the stuff he's done. Um, you know, Joe is sort of a dying breed, a guy who really, like, he loves music. He cares a lot about music. We're yeah, going to get man. into a lot of conversation about that. So, um, folks, enjoy our, our extensive, interview with, ex extensive interview with Genesee Joe, and we'll be back in a long moment. coming on the show for right. people generally because it's always a, it's always bad luck for me whenever I say hey Joe's coming on or or whatever um, 
they always bail out. Something happens. Something poor. You know, some yeah. thing in the world happens. So I don't like to let people know who's coming on the show. Generally, yes. When people found out that you were coming on, I had a lot of people who were very excited. A lot of people who have been around the area for a long time who really said to me, like, this is the voice that I think of when I think of Utica Radio. Oh, jeez. Uh, how often do you get people who recognize you for just the voice when you go out in public? This is going to sound completely arrogant, and I don't want to. <laughs> no, I don't mind. No, it happens a lot. Oh, yeah, for be- sure. Because of stuff like social media and, believe it or not, the uh, Mohawk Valley Living magazine oh, yeah. commercial. Yeah, for sure. It's I get recognized a lot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I... I like, I like to do those videos and put them on Facebook. For sure. I like to post a lot of pictures, especially of the dog. And so, I got a lot of people that follow me. No, so, yeah. you know. There aren't too many guys. There's a couple of guys that sort of look like me, but, you know, Sasquatch is, <laughs> like, the only one who really looks like me. So, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, uh, whenever I go Maiden Utica stuff, literally everyone assumes that I'm one of the other three guys in Maiden Utica who's a white guy with a beard who sort of looks like me. They're like, Mark! I'm like, nope, Justin! Now keep trying. You can yeah. go on the list. Uh, and actually, one of the things I really wanted to get into this, um, so, again, I lived in Utica for a long time growing up before I moved away to Brooklyn. Uh, but as it... As a young man, I remember, I don't want to call it the golden age of radio because I wasn't around for the golden age of radio, but in the early 90s for me, uh, I grew up in 86, early 90s, I remember particularly the radio was sort of an important cultural touchstone in my life. If I wanted to hear a song, I would call in and actually request a song. It was a much, it was a very visceral experience. It felt sort of analog in a weird way. And, and yeah, no, yeah, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, and I remember hearing these voices. I was a big sports guy, so I used to listen to uh, Charles Stur- uh, Charlie Sterling and John Steiner with the Yankees growing up. And yep. I remember uh, I was very close friends with Rain Man from K-Rock at that time, yeah. so I'd call in all the time. And, and you were another voice that just sort of existed in this, in this interesting cultural sphere that came out of our radio as a kid. Uh, what do you think... Did you grow up having voices like that in radio that yeah, did the yeah, same yeah. to you? Yes, exactly. Uh, oh, God, yeah. Jerry Krause, Tom Starr, Peter Hirsch, Mark Nelson, Bill Hauser, Allison, <laughs> Tom Coyne. Tom Coyne. I know his son very well, actually. Yeah, Tom <laughs> Coyne. I mean, that was the first guy, believe it or not, that I ever tuned in every night to listen to when I was real young. He, he did Sports Watch. Sports Watch, yes. On IBX. So <laughs> I, we would tune in all the time. And, um,. You know, even guys like Danny Fusco, though, and Hank Brown that are going back a generation ahead of me. Those yeah. are like guys at my father's contemporaries. But just I always heard them. But yeah, I mean, all the guys that were uh, were over at my other station, my former station, all those years, the guys that created it were oh, the yeah. main ones. Yeah, Those guys and Tom, I got to give Tom credit for that. Uh, and if you guys can't tell by uh, by that recognizable voice, uh, we have, uh, should I call you by your stage name or your full name? I don't know if you prefer one or the other. Either one. <laughs> We're here with Genesee Joe. Uh, I'm just going to call you Genesee Joe for now because I do that for everybody else. I don't want to I don't want to co-opt your Well, you shouldn't call them Genesee Joe. No, I won't. I'll try not to call them. <laughs> uh, and you are celebrating 25 years on the air, which is a great a great accomplishment. I'm very, well, I'm not, I'm very proud for you. That's amazing. That Thank you. you. Thank you. Been, did you know initially when you first started getting in the radio that this would be something that would last for 25 years? Boy. You know, do you ever know that? No, I guess you can't. You can't. I mean, it felt... <laughs> I think about it, quitting this every week. So. Yeah, it, it felt comfortable. <laughs> it felt right. Um, and for some periods in time, yeah, no, it didn't feel like it would last this long. But, you know, thank God that did happen. 
And can I ask you one thing before we get into the interview proper, I suppose? Okay, I'm, I'll tell you the truth. No, I'm broke. I got, it's <laughs> 25 years of hey. not paying that well, but anyway. You and no. me, I'll tell you what, brother. Uh, Go ahead. Can I ask you where the name came from? I'm sure it's oh, super yeah. obvious. But yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's funny. Um, I used to do, I started out like all guys back in the day, doing midnight to 6 a.m. Midnight to 6 a.m. Okay? And live, there's no pre-recording then. Yeah. You know, this was before the days when that had come to a market this small. And um, then I started working midnight to 6 a.m., but the morning show of Hirsch and Nelson, Pete Hirsch and Mark mm-hmm. Nelson, would have me stick around till 8 or 9 o'clock sure. and go do man-on-the-street things. And so one Groundhog Day, they had a thing set up where uh, National Grid let us go down into a electrical manhole. And they got me a costume down at Corrigan's. Of, and it was like a chipmunk or a That's squirrel because there was no groundhog <laughs> costume. So instead of Puxatani Phil, Pete came up with Genesee Joe. Oh, that's amazing. And it stuck. <laughs> like, it really stuck. And I was surprised because I was actually always a guy who didn't like nicknames. nicknames. But lo and behold, here we are 25 <laughs> years later. Uh, yeah, I've, well, I think the best nicknames you can't be get, you can't make up for yourself. You I've can tried never to make give up myself. your own nickname. Yeah. No. Yeah. A lot of guys call themselves like Ace. Ace. Champ. Champ. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, you did that. You made that up. Uh, so, Joe, uh, let's get to the a little bit of background. Where were you initially born? Were you born here? Born in Utica, yeah. And did you go to, like, Proctor High School, like, high school around here growing up? <laughs> See, now, now, now that just showed the age gap. No, man. Uh, actually, funny thing is I was born, we moved into a house on uh, Jewett Place, number nine, and then we moved over to Nine Faxton, okay. literally right in front of it on a block away. But I went to uh, Lourdes. Lourdes, yes. Yep. A uh, good Catholic boy, I guess. <laughs> I went to I went to Campbell for one year, realized that you didn't have to stay in school. You could walk away. You can. You can just walk away. You yeah. can just walk right down the street yeah. to home. It's crazy. Went right back to Lourdes for the next year. <laughs> Mom wasn't staying there for that. And then I went to UFA. I actually knew that. I was glad we, I'm glad we got into yeah. this because I was happy to see that because I talk about UFA all the time to my students. They're like... Why is Proctor the only high school? Like it, it wasn't always the only high school. Yeah. I mean, so. you know, and I almost think that's a good question. I think Utica is definitely big enough for two high schools. As a kid who graduated from Proctor, graduated Proctor, geez, oh four, I want to say, my graduating class was like five hundred kids, and it filled the auditorium. There were standing room at the Utica odd for it. I, I do think that there is somewhat yeah. of a need for another I, high school. I think, if I'm not mistaken, my graduating class in 1985 mm. was like twelve hundred kids. Hmm. And I think I was ranked about 1197. <laughs> what kind of... Uh, that's a good question to get into, though. What kind of... What do you remember about being UFA? Like, what kind of student were you? Were you a... Uh, I was a bastard. Bastard, huh? Yes. I was... <laughs> no, I was one of those guys that, like... If I liked the subject, I loved it. If yeah. I didn't like a subject, you couldn't hit me over the head with it. Right. You know, I did not like math, so I strayed away from it. Funny thing, though, was I loved carpentry. So yes. I never made the best decisions because we were building houses, but I didn't like math. So actually, I ended up figuring out all the formulas for figuring materials, which is just simple algebra. Okay. Kind of on my own. Um, but, you know, I did. I took the carpentry classes. I like social studies. I really yeah, like local history way yeah. back, you know, even in eighth, seventh and eighth grade at Lourdes. Yes. You, during part of the year, you do local history, which I thought was cool. And that always got me, especially when, you know what got me? When they started to tell you who the streets were named after. Yes. Yes. It was like, wait a minute. You know, this is going to Rucker was a guy. Bleaker was the same guy. This is a weird outlier, but a couple days ago I went up to 
Calvary Cemetery to spray uh, my grandparents' uh, flowers. My mom's out of town, so she, can you spray the deer rabbit repellent on the flowers? You there. are an Italian. I know, I know. <laughs> go, go up and take care of the cemetery. Gotta go take care of the cemetery. So I, I, got, one, I got one aunt in her 80s yeah. who still texts me and calls me and says, did you take care of the cemetery? Did you take care of the cemetery? They want to know that. That's oh an old that's yeah, an old timer mentality. Yeah. But I'm sorry, I cut no, you no, off. No, 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 it's good. Because what was crazy about it is after... I went up with a buddy of mine because we were driving home from somewhere. He's like, hey, once you're done, swing up through Forest Hill. I want to hit my my old man's. So we went up there. And what's crazy when you go through Forest Hill Cemetery in particular is some of those. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Let's go oh, back no, to the 1790s. Old, yeah, there's an old section. Oh, yeah. Um, that's amazing. hard to drive through. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. You, you got to walk it. But, uh, you know, in the monuments over there are nuts. And the funny thing is. Yeah. It's right off of Oneida Street. Oh, yeah. And you start to see names, though. All of a sudden, you see these names. Yeah, like, there's, there's Coventry. And, and there's yeah. Coventry. There's Bleecker. Yeah, like, Did wow. you know that... Uh, geez. Blandina. Blandina. It's uh, not Conkling Miller, but it's like Blandina something Miller. Mm. All three of those streets are named after, I think, one of Bleecker's really? daughters. Re- oh, really? Blandina something Miller. Oh. All three okay. streets are all named after this girl. <laughs> And it's, I'm pretty sure Rucker Bleeker, just because, you know, he must have owned that whole section of town. See, I grew up on Ballantyne Bray in South Utica, so for me, I spent most of my time trying to figure out why there were no other streets called Bray, that we were the only Bray. Where is it? It's why like around it? the corner. I have no idea why. I don't know what makes it a Bray. Oh, someone's honking at us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have no idea what makes it a Bray. Not any chance at all. I, I always just assumed. Uh, before I get too far off track, because I wanted to go back to your carpentry thing. Okay. You were doing carpentry in high school, you are saying? Yes. UFA used to have a class where we actually built houses. We built a house on Arlington Road mm-hmm. in my 11th grade year. Sure. And then the 12th grade year, the financing for the homeowner fell through at the last minute. So we built that salt sand storage okay. shed right next to the school bus garage. Sure, sure. I know what you're talking about. You know, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like this big, giant So thing. at this point in time, are you thinking that carpentry is your future? I'm thinking carpentry is my carpentry future. Is the future. So what brought you out to Herkimer then? Because a guy named Lenny Milano mm-hmm. started building a recording studio at Franklin, down on Franklin Square, 52 yeah. Franklin Square for Bob Aquaviva. Yeah, Bobby. I know Two Bobby really well. longtime friends of mine. Yeah. I got hired by Lenny because I always worked with him mm. uh, to work. He says, come on, you got to help me. So I went down there. We started building a recording studio, and a kid named Mark Kachi came in. Mm. And I never thought I'd play in bands. Sure. You know? But those guys all did, and I thought they were cool. My dad was a singer. So anyways... Um, Mark Cacci came in and started wiring all the mm-hmm. boards together, and I thought, well, shit, if I can learn how to run those, mm-hmm. I can do something with bands. Sure. So he had told me he went to Herkimer. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is a podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. I was well, like, say whatever you want. Yeah. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll just go learn how to run boards. Don't worry about the rest. And lo and behold, I kind of fell naturally into, into radio. Mm-hmm. I did uh, some TV stuff down there, too, which was fun, but... Radio was more natural. I was actually very fascinated you went to Herkimer. Uh, I have a friend of mine who's a video editor. So were my parents. <laughs> well, I, think... I took five years off. <laughs> that's a, that's what I did too for a while. I was going to play in a band. Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't think that's wrong for kids. I think that in to, I think today's world we live in allows young students more time to find themselves. Whereas growing up, I remember my parents telling me we were married at 18, we had kids at this age. And it's exactly. Like, and I think to myself, even at 25, 26, I was in no place to... 
to take care of somebody else, let alone myself. I was kind of a mess, right? Like, yeah. how am I possibly going to take care of another human being at this point? You know? I, I'm 49 and don't have kids because right. of that. <laughs> uh, one of the things I want to bring about Herkimer, though. Um, Herkimer, for years, I feel like... I went to MVE, I went to UC, I went to a lot of places, but Herkimer got this weird reputation for being sort of a party school, part of a, like a going-out school, but a lot of the people I know who went to Herkimer say that their media programs, their broadcasting programs, their television programs are very, very accessible and also really, really beneficial. Some of the, some of the more, you know what I remember? Mm. Some of the most streamlined stuff, like travel and tourism, uh, uh, radio, television, that shit was, like, very dedicated students yeah. doing their thing. Mm. Everybody else was having a good time. Yeah, yeah. And not yeah, like we okay. didn't do it too. Yeah, yeah. But yes, the liberal arts kids. It was kind of a party school. Yeah. But if you went there for that, you went there yeah. for radio TV. Yeah. You wanted to go to Plattsburgh after that, maybe. Now they're four years in the radio TV department. Yeah. Believe it or not, you know the traveling tourism kids. I mean, they had like a mock up of a, a quarter of a plane in there. Oh yeah. So the kids who went for that real like Herkimer had real. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like specific, it's a niche. Thing. It's a niche school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you went for that, you went for that. Yeah. yeah. But if you went for liberal arts, it was crazy time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I always heard about. Two her- of my buddies lived together. Oh yeah. One of them's father owned a liquor store. Now Smart. this is this is back in the nineties. It's over twenty five years away. The statute of limitations is up. Oh yeah. He would bring liquor back. Oh yeah. And then the other guys would go down to Price Chopper in Herkimer, and it was being remodeled. So they had a friend, I think, that worked there, and they would get a couple kegs of beer and wheel them out to the car. The other kids would go buy chips and just pay for the chips, then go back to their dorm room, and they ran a speakeasy every weekend all year long. I don't think kids that day are this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're ambitious these days. I think that ambition has died a little bit. put the video game down (laughs) and do something illegal like this. No, it was like like underage drinking... Hmm. The liquor store angle, the stealing angle, it was like... So, yeah, that was going on, but that was years ago. I don't know how it is now. Now, Joe, you are currently on Monday through Saturday on 92.7 The Drive. That's 3 to 7? Yes. Monday uh, Monday through Saturday? Yep. Now, this is obviously not your first gig. Do you remember... What, do you you have a hellhound in the basement? No, no. Can I tell you what it is? Uh, My good friend, uh, the man behind Maiden Utica, Justin Parkinson, lives upstairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, And he, sadly, has a menagerie of animals that live upstairs with them. Two large dogs and two cats, and they are a pain in my ass constantly, especially when I'm trying to do recording down here. Well, I'm a dog guy, so I thought it was kind of cute. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're cute dogs. Don't get me wrong. Shout out to my homie upstairs. Oh, yeah. Drexel and Woodstock. Uh, <laughs> so, three to seven, uh, Monday through Saturday. This was not your first gig, though. What was your... No. Do you remember your first gig in the radio? Believe it or not, yes. And this is funny. This is kind of like, uh, I came right out of Herkimer... And a woman named uh, Shannon was married. She worked at WOUR. She was married to Dennis, who was the head of the TV station there. And, like, within a couple days of graduation, he called me up and said, my wife said, go down to OUR. They were in the mayoral building at the time. Mm -hmm. Go down there and apply. They're hiring. She's waiting for you. Just go down there. You pretty much got it. Mm -hmm. I went down there, I did that, I did the interview, and he did the whole shirt and tie suit thing, which is always important for an interview. Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, I got that job, and I started out doing, uh, we used to do call-out research. Call-out research. Just before the era of Star 6-9 yeah, yeah. and caller ID everywhere, sure. 
like back then in 1992, yeah, yeah, yeah. a caller ID box cost you, you know, $500. Very so uh, we would call up and we'd say, are you interested in being in the survey? They say oh, yes. Cool. And we'd call them back a few days later and we'd play them clips of new songs we were playing. Oh, okay. And do you like this? Do you like that? Oh, do you like this? Do you like that? And that's how we researched. We did it out of That's wild. That's yeah. wild now in hindsight to think about it like that. Yeah, now there's giant companies yeah. all over the country that do this. But back then, a guy named Paul Banda owned us. Mm. And he owned some stations in Albany. And that was it. He was from Australia. Um, but I guess his father had owned a... Yeah. Huge network in Australia. Mm -hmm. But anyways, we were doing that right from in-house, yeah. which is unheard of these days. But that's sure. all. That was Tom Starr's brain. You know what I mean? He was brilliant, and he, he really crafted that station and made it what it was. So I went from college right to, like, the Yankees. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they yeah, were the sure. big dog in town. Yeah. You know, yeah, the only are, one that would ever compete yeah. with them then was the Frog, just because the Frog had a huge signal, and, you know, country always has 9 million listeners. Yes. See, growing up for me, there were only like a few radio stations. There was uh, K Rock when I was a younger man, and then OUR as I started getting into classic rock. When I started getting into like the Pearl Jams and the Zeppelins of my, I was like a punk rocker kid growing up. So yeah. I just wanted to hear like Blink One Eighty Two. On, on the way over here, I was listening to the Ramones live from Four Acres. Ramones, man. Ramones are an interesting one because I think that growing up as like a punk rocker guy. You know, I, I liked, like, the No Effects's and the Minutemen of the World, and the Ramones were an interesting band because people would be like, oh, you like punk rock music, do you love the Ramones? I'm like, I, I do like the Ramones, but that's not always the first... Punk is a to. It's punk not is your go-to. Yeah. Punk is a weird genre because some punk doesn't exactly sound like the rest of it, but it's all considered punk music. Yeah. Genres are weird like that sometimes punk, Well, me. the Ramones and the Sex Pistols were the first bands to be big punk bands. Yeah. The Sex Pistols acted like assholes. Yes. The Ramones were actually nice guys from, like, Queens. Yeah, yeah. But the Sex Pistols ruined it for everybody. There should have been five or six staples of classic rock Ramones songs. Oh, yeah. I Want to Be Sedated is one to drive plays. Yeah, it's a great song. Sheena's a punk rocker. You know, even, like, Teenage Lobotomy were, you know, these were songs that should have been on the radio. But the Sex Pistols made such a, a huge, like, terrible impression on radio oh, stations yeah. that the Ramones got slighted. You know what but Four me? Acres was a club in Mount Marcy. Do you okay. ever heard of that? I've hear, heard of the club. I'm familiar it, with it. It was famous. Everybody played there. Oh, wow. Because um, you've got to remember, we had the base just 10 miles away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But uh, I, I was just listening to that uh, bootleg of the Ramones at Four Acres. Elvis Costello played there. Oh, Josh Mellencamp. Uh, <laughs> more, too many to mention. But anyways... <laughs> Well, actually, don't let me get don't let me get this no, no, off track. No, I love it. I love it because I I have a question I want to ask you about this actually because this is kind of fascinating. Um, I've always sort of had this belief because I was a big Clash guy. The Clash were one of the first bands that I really got into, and I don't even know if the Clash are considered like a punk band. They're almost like a ska band to a certain extent, but. I sort of always was under the belief that if you are a punk band, it has more to do with your mentality and your aesthetics than it does the actual sound of your music. Yes, it's in the attitude. Yeah, because Elvis Costello struck me as a guy who was almost like a punk rocker, but you wouldn't listen to his music and say, oh, he sounds like punk rock. But yeah. his mentality and that attitude, that sort of rebelliousness. They started one song on Saturday Night Live and stopped and started another one. Radio Radio, which yeah. is a phenomenal song. Um, I love that song. Funny, funny thing is, though, yes, you're right. I mean, there's, there's different branches of punk yeah. rock. You know, and the Clash fit. Now, the Clash got big hits, though. Yes. So it took some of the edge off of them. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just people's perception. When you were working on OUR at that point in time, how much how much free will did you have to choose what music was out there? I'm sure it's different now than it is with, with you know, certainly different then than it is now with oh. some sort of big corporate 
style of radio, yeah. but no, uh, you listened to Tom. You did what Tom said. Sure. So there, there were still logs and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and we were pretty good though with what we played. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, you did what Tom said, and you know you didn't substitute stuff, especially being a young guy. Sure. Now flash forward twenty years, yeah, twenty five years where I am now, I can kind of do whatever I want. Sure. But because I've been under his tutelage, mm-hmm. so I know what you should do, where you should do it. What the, what the, uh, you know, how far you're going when you're pushing things, you know, that kind of thing. Now, was it a straight transition from OUR to the drive, or was there any stops in between? No, I left one night and started the next day. Wow, really? Yeah, and they were not too happy with that. One. <laughs> what, uh, what sort, how do you feel, I've seen you, uh, you did an interview with Carrie Bostick not too long ago. Yeah. And uh, she's a good friend of mine, she's been on the show a couple times, and you sort of talked a little bit about that sort of like mega corporation lifestyle. Did that sort of sneak up on you guys in the 2000s, late 90s? Oh, my God, yes. We went from Paul Bendat to a company named Dame Communication Mm -hmm. and Broadcasting from Pennsylvania, and they wanted... They swore up and down. I'm not going to say anything bad about anybody, but they swore up and down that nothing was going to change. They were buying these other stations. They were going to make us a group, which gave us more, you know... Power with clients, which all makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, if you own stations, you can offer different, you know, packages and whatnot. Um, but all they were doing was bulking themselves up for sure. one of the big fish. Yeah. And yeah. in came Clear Channel. And Clear Channel, <clears throat> I want to say it nice and loud. No, no, please. I'll, uh... Clear Channel absolutely 110% decimated and ruined radio. Yeah. I've... Clear Channel, if you ever think of like what corporations are bad. Yeah. You know, the fat cats that own them sure. in their giant mansions mm-hmm. and their employees, you know, working for scraps. A few come to mind, Clear Channel should always be first. Yeah. Clear Channel took the locality out of radio. Mm-hmm. Clear Channel took, you know, it, Clear Channel is like, you'll play 500 songs. Yeah. And that's all you'll play. These are the 500 that tested well. Now the drive has bucked that trend completely because we've been playing the songs. Yeah. You know, back in the day, the record company would send a, an album. Mm-hmm. Tom would get it. Allison was his music director. They'd listen to it. They'd play the two singles that were offered. But then they'd listen to the record and they'd play other songs. Mm-hmm. You know, Robert Cray, Strong Persuader. Love Robert Cray, by the way. Okay, Smoking Gun, right next door were the two singles. They played yeah. Nothing But a Woman. They played one of the other ones... Smoking Gun is a great song. Smoking Gun is a great, great song. song. You know, but, and so we we were here, we played, or they were here, they played those songs. I was listening intently the whole time, not realizing where I would end up. So I remember, sometimes I remember more than even Tom, and he shakes his head. <laughs> but, uh, so we know, like, if we're going to go outside that realm, you know, if we're going to push the envelope and kind of go off the reservation, we know what songs are okay, because they were played 25 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Um, but going back to Clear Channel, no, if you, you know, if you're playing a song that's a little bit off the reservation or off the playlist, if it's even available, mm-hmm. because they send their songs to their stations, you know, some guy from Des Moines will call you up and say, yeah. you can't do that, I'll fire you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're terrible, terrible people, and they've taken, besides all the locality out and all the flavor out, um, good example is this, and I hope this doesn't get me in trouble further on up the yeah. road. You can go to a Clear Channel property, and, and the Clear Channel logo is huge. Yes. And the stations are small. We're here doing a podcast, right? Absolutely. Are you fucking out of your mind? <laughs> Are you out of your fucking mind? I'm going to get Italian on you. I'm telling you this. The, 
people that listen love the stations. They used to love the personalities, but now when there's one guy doing six shows, they can't do that because they don't have time to do that. This is a simple. Nobody cares about. Yeah, it is a simple. Nobody gives a shit about the company who owns it. They like the drive. They like the eagle. They like the you know mix one hundred two point five. They like. They don't give a fuck about who owns it. It doesn't matter who owns it. That's what I think about when I watch like. When I see, like, oh, this sports team is changing their name from, or the, not the team's name, but they're going to change the stadium to, like, the Oracle. I, I don't care what you call the stadium. Like, it doesn't matter if yeah. it's the Smoothie King Arena. I don't give a shit, a shit about who that. you rooked yeah. to get we, to pay for it. Yeah, people are there to see what they came to see. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, I mean, I hate to say it, and we don't do this, but people tune in to listen to me to listen to me. They don't give a shit about who owns it. Exactly. Exactly. And well, that's all there is to it. Because the people on the air are the reason that you, you draw yes. it. Like, you know what I mean? I'm shocked that people listen to my show because they have to listen to my voice all the time. Thank no, you. No, you got a nice voice. <laughs> I like what you're doing. Did you know always that you uh, you had a voice for it immediately? Because your voice no. is one of the things that was talked very a lot to me about when I was getting prepped for this, about the voice you was had. It, was it chicks that did? I had a couple chicks bring it up. No, I never did. Mm. I always, I, I was always one of those guys who hated the way I sound. I think every every person who's yeah, forced yeah. to use their voice. When I hear recordings of the band, I don't like the way I sound when I sing. Oh, God, you know, all that crap, you know. But. I do want to get into the band in just a second because we are both musicians. Incident, incidentally, one thing I want to touch on, going back to the carpentry oh, sure, thing. Please. I never lost that, although I don't do it that much. Sure. I'm constantly working on the house, and currently right now the garage is jacked up. Oh, you're jacking up the garage? Yes. <laughs> and I'm just about to that point where in the middle of every project you go, why did I do this? Yeah, what is going the on? fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> there was nothing wrong with it. Well, it was leaning to one side, you know, but so I'm almost at that breakdown point. Sure. And then I go, all right, yeah, it's going to be great. Well, I need to, you need to freak out a little bit. You first. need to freak out in the middle yeah. of every project. Exactly. You know. That's me writing every college essay yes. I've ever written. I every don't know guy- why I did this. Every guy I ever worked for, I worry about what they would say. They're never going to see it, but it's like, you know. Uh, so I had a question set up here for you, which was basically, from your beginning day to today, what would be the biggest single change you've seen in the format? Although I think probably the, the clear change well, of corporate thing is probably a big part of it. You know what? You know what? I'm going to tell you what the biggest change would be. Believe it or not, even though I just complained about what they call voice tracking, where like sure. one guy can do five different programs, yeah. three different cities... Mm-hmm. Um, different formats. That's why you can't get your personality into it because you can't prepare to do light, you know, shitty classic rock because yeah. they only play 500 songs in uh, adult contemporary and you do the news somewhere else. You, you can't yeah. prepare for that. Yeah, you just Nobody can. off a cheat. You, you literally have to be the most schizophrenic guy in the world to do that. I, uh, but um, believe it or not, the biggest change has gone from when I first started, there were some albums and Everything was on CD, and we had carts, those things that look like an eight-track tape, if you ever saw one. Oh, yeah, I had some of those. They start and begin at the yeah, same yeah, place, yeah. you know? They start and end, I should say, at the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, to everything being on the computer, and believe it or not, that's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Because you can switch songs in Certainly. and out on the computer. Yeah, yeah. It makes it go easier. And you know what? We do as little voice tracking as possible at the drive. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, this hasn't aired yet, but... Uh, June 20th, I'm going down to see the dead. Oh, nice. Yes, it's back. Nice. But me and Tom are switching shifts. Oh, so I can work till like 3 o'clock and then get out of there. Very nice. Um, but the voice tracking thing isn't bad. Because, you know, if you do it right, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I worked so many Christmas Eves, Christmas mornings, oh. New Year's Eve, New Year's morning, 4th of July weekends, 
after a while, it's like, you know what? There's certain times when there shouldn't be anybody there. Yeah. There's no reason to make some guy leave his family. And I never had kids yeah. or nothing. Still, To though. go work on Christmas morning. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. You could run a pre-recorded segment. That's fine. Because I hate to say it. How many people are paying attention at Christmas morning to anything besides, oh, is there Christmas music on? Let's go somewhere. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's not a, I don't know if there's a huge Which, incidentally, draw. shouldn't start November 1st. No, absolutely not. <clears throat> um, but no, you know what I mean? Like, it's so some of the technology has actually helped. Yeah, for sure. You know what? If you get sick in the middle of a shift, or if you really don't currently. feel good. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, like, currently, yeah. If you don't feel good. If you can record a little bit and go home, that's exactly. fine. Spray everything down with Lysol <laughs> because, you know, colds go through radio stations worse than they go through schools. Oh, I, I, I can't even escape it anymore. Just, like, kids are disgusting germ factories. I like all my students, but kids uh, are gross. They're terrible. I've dated teachers in the past uh, and worked in radio stations. Hey, so have I. Yeah, and, <laughs> and honest to God, it was like, I remember one year, years ago, a girl taught at uh, college, and it was like, I was sick all winter. Oh, my God. If it's... you got better from one, you got sick at the next place. Your immunity goes up and down, I think, because of it after yeah, you spend enough time. No matter how much bourbon I drank, <laughs> I couldn't keep that cold away. When was the first time that you became sort of aware of, like, the the buildup of, like, online radio and podcasting and stuff? Did that present itself to you guys ever in, like, the terrestrial radio world, like, the mid-2000s, probably? Believe it or not, I think it's starting to just take hold now. Just now. Because up until now, you know, bandwidth was a problem. Sure. Years and years ago, I did get offered a thing. Well, why don't you come and do this? It's an uh, online radio station. Yeah. And I asked, actually, Tom, who at the time had left the business. Sure. He goes, bandwidth is terrible. Yeah. He says, you can't, don't, don't do it. Stay with yeah. where you are. So I said, all right, thanks. And t- he's always been like a mentor to me. Sure. Um, you know, whether he was in or out of the business. And that's why he, I got asked three times to go to the drive. Finally, the third time I did, mm-hmm. you know, but it was just to work with Tom and uh, those guys that I started with. But I think now with technology, like before we started, we were yeah. talking about how a band, any band can yeah, get can. some software and get a pretty good recording of themselves. Yeah. Thunderwatt, yeah. Jim Inman gets like a 24 track tape of us every time we yeah. play out, rehearse anything. Um, so the technology now is actually catching up where it is something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just now that's starting to blow up. No offense, I know you're, we're no, doing a no, podcast, see, believe but me, like, up I, until I, now, I thought it was like, it didn't work. What was funny to me is podcasting, when I lived in New York, before I came back, it was 2015 when I came back from New York City. I'd been there for about six years, uh, working in Manhattan, living in Brooklyn. So I spent a lot of time on the subway. So I read a lot of books. And I listened to a lot of podcasts, and I noticed that podcasting in New York City was very big. There's a lot of walking around. There's a lot of people sitting around the subway. There's not as much car traffic necessarily. Yes. So the ability to have something you could sort of take and go and listen to and, and yeah, let business. me catch up with that now. And now it's come to a point where it's accessible in yeah. out rural areas, like what they call Utica, although we don't look at ourselves as rural. When I say I, I host a podcast, it's 50-50 still. Some people go, oh, really? And some people go, I don't know what that is. Yeah. And that's and I have a hard time explaining it sometimes. It's like, it's radio, but whatever you want. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's cute. That is cute. I know, it's a lot. Uh, you think you can do that? That's cute. So 25 years in. Yes. How long do you think you have left? You got another 25 in here or what? I honestly hope, God's honest truth, that uh, I can pull a Danny Fusco. God bless him. Yeah, he was he was like a tough guy. He was like an old Italian tough guy. On the radio, he was a great dude, but he basically was on the air, on the air, in the box. If I could pull that (laughs) off, that'd be great, man. You know, I really don't feel like doing anything else. 
Joe, uh, before I get into the lightning round questions, I have I just want to say one more time, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the oh, show. thank you. Uh, you can listen to Joe, 92.7, The Drive, uh, Monday through Saturdays, uh, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Did I get that right? Yes. All right, very good. A um, couple things I want to get into. One thing I want to ask you before the lightning round question, this is a question that me and my buddies debate all the time. Okay, so you play classic rock on your station. Yes. How long does something have to be around for it to be classic rock? Because I have, I'm a huge Pearl Jam guy, and I have this debate with people all the time about whether or not Pearl Jam is classic rock at this point in time, or if they're grunge. And then, does it make a difference? You know what? You know what? This is an excellent question. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we talked about punk rock. Yeah. Some stuff was acceptable because it had enough elements of sure. the bands that came before. Mm-hmm. Pearl Jam was great for that. It's kind of like this. What makes one Beatles or Stones song an oldie and one still acceptable? That's a fair point. Now, it's really weird because we had an Austin, this kid Austin was an intern who could not, and he was funny, he could not accept Green Day as being on classic rock. Yeah. And those guys, I think, are cuspy. Um, Blind Blind Melon, yeah, Yeah. Blind Melon, No Rain, for some reason fits in fine. Yeah, it makes sense. You know what I mean? It's got like enough of that like weird Neil Young quirky element. Well, if we're talking about like Pearl Jam, what about like Nirvana? Because Nirvana is sort of an interesting mix. They almost strike me more of a punk band than a, like I a think rock that, band. I think they made such a big, you know, oh, that, this is another thing. They made such a big impact. People liked them. People who like oh, yeah. Bad Company, Led Zeppelin, The Stones, ACDC, like them. So fuck it, play a few of their songs. I've had this theory for many years. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll no, go no, ahead. go ahead. I've had this theory for many years that when I think of the four major grunge bands, your Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, I sort of relate them to the older classic rock bands. Like Pearl Jam is the Who for me, and Nirvana was sort of the Beatles, and uh, Soundgarden was sort of Led Zeppelin, and Chains was sort of Pink Floyd in my weird mind. Now you can I can see you how could, you yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I think that while all four of those older bands, Floyd, Zeppelin, those uh, Beatles, and whatever you say the Stones, I guess in there too, depending on what you like, but. A lot of those bands don't sound alike necessarily. I don't hear a Beatles song and a oh Zeppelin song and go like these sound similar. They don't at all. You, dude, you're making one of my points. <laughs> that's why I hate to say it because I don't like saying like, but that's why music has gotten shittier. Yeah. And I'll tell you why I say that. So don't nobody take offense. No, listen, go ahead. Through the late '90s into early 2000s, yeah. especially in the '90s when Pearl Jam, Nirvana, this is where it really started. Yeah. Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains yeah. came out. Those were the original four Seattle grunge bands. That was early 90s. By the mid-90s, you were on Dishwalla. You were on STP, all these bands yeah. that were Pearl Jam number two, Alice in Chains number three, Pearl Jam yeah. number nine. Yeah. And it got shitty because as radio started to get fucked up by people like Clear Channel... The record companies started to feed them just what they wanted. Yeah. I used to hate in the late 90s, early 2000s, when it was us in one room at, o- at OUR, Kiss FM was across the hall, and um, we would have like a Dishwalla song with a different mix for our format, and they would have it with like strings, oh, like really? our collective soul. So Swear funny. to God. So just so a different mix huh. with maybe like, I remember there was Collective Soul and somebody else, they had a little strings on there so it could get played on that format. And I knew then that this was terrible. Back in the day, Boston, who isn't one of my favorite bands, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. But Boston sounded like Boston. Their first record had eight songs. Eight songs got played on the radio. Pink Floyd sounded like Floyd. Genesis was Genesis. Yeah. Uh, You know, Foreigner sounded like Foreigner. Bad Company was Bad Company. They were kind of the same, but just different enough. So exactly what you said. 
you know, in the four main, like Allison Chains and Nirvana don't sound alike. Kim oh, Thale yeah. and Chris uh, Cornell, God yeah. rest his soul. See, I am Italian. <laughs> you know, they sounded like that. Allison Chains sounded a little different. Another one, God rest his soul, that poor guy, ah, Lane Staley. He spent two weeks. Yeah. He, had, he had isolated himself from the drug thing so bad. Yeah. He spent two weeks laying there. I find it concerning that a lot of the bands that were important to me growing up have lost guys this way. I, like one of the first bands I remember listening to, and it's kind of random, my sister was older than me. She used to play the self-titled Sublime CD in her room as a kid. Yeah. And I heard it before I probably should have. Like, I was a little kid in the other side of the... Like, I, I like all these songs. What is this about? You know what I mean? But... By the time I got into them, I mean, you hear these terrible stories about these creative people who just can't handle the yeah. whatever it is inside of them. Sad. You know, I always said that Kurt Cobain, too bad he never yeah. got a chance to talk to David Bowie, because when Bowie got too famous, yeah. he disappeared. Same yeah. thing with John Lennon. Mm -hmm. You know, Lennon disappeared and went in, into New York and just yeah. raised his kid. But, um, but, but going back to what I said, you know, so the bands used to sound decidedly different. That's why they're still around. All those other bands I talked about have disappeared. That's why. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, it, you know, it kind of ties itself in. Like, the bands that, like, you know, had elements of those other groups. Sure. That's why they ended up on classic rock. And yeah. there you go. Uh, I have one more question Holy for you. Holy shit, that was roundabout. That was good. No, it was good. It was good. Uh, I have one more question for you before we get into lightning rounds. And this is just one for me personally. I don't know if you've picked this up from having this discussion with me. My V-neck sweater, backwards hat, weird glasses. I have been called over the years a hipster many times in my life. Uh, and because of this, I used to really do a lot of the hipster stuff back in the early 2000s. I would go on like the pitchforks and all the weird hipster sites. And I was downloading music every single day. I know that's illegal. Sorry, guys. But I was coming out with new music every day. I'd find something new to download. And as I've made that jump into my early 30s and late 20s, I feel like I've sort of fallen back on just the stuff that I like from the past. You've been on the radio for 25 years. Do you still hunt down new music, or do you tend to find yourself falling back on the stuff you know? 70, 30, yeah. falling back on the stuff I know. Mm -hmm. But I might I, but I might listen to the entire, like, Black and Blue album by the Stones. Right, right. I'm definitely not a hits guy. And, um, you know, that's one thing, though. For anybody that says, like, well, radio, radio's worst thing is this. People say they play the same ten songs by the same five bands, but then the minute they yeah. hear one of those songs that's a little bit out, chances are yeah. they're going to tune out. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's really um, a science and a little bit of magic what we do at the drive where, and don't get me wrong, it took us a couple of years to get people to realize it was okay to listen to the album cuts again. Yeah. It took a while because, you know, you got families, you got shit to do. Mm -hmm. You don't want to delve into, like, the album you and your buddies used to hang around and clean weed on. Yeah. Well. You know what I mean? But it took us a couple of years, and then it caught on of, oh, wait, they're going to play those songs I remember. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of make sure that you have a core of people listening, mm -hmm. and then branch out and help other people. Yeah. So you got to play hits. But you can all see that's why we do double shots. Like, say we do. I love Eric, the double like, shots, by the way. Anytime, any day. But that's a way for us to work in. You know, Eric Clapton, Cocaine. Yeah. Super hit. Mm -hmm. But we could play Promises or Hello, Old Friend or She's Waiting. Yeah. But make it a double shot. Yeah, that's good. You know? Because I always never liked the fact that people could be like, I love Latin Zeppelin. And then if you play Down by the Seaside or Tangerine, they go, I don't know this. And they switch to a station. Down by it's the like, Seaside. You, you like rock and roll and yeah, Stairway yeah. to Heaven. You don't like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. But after a few years of just doing it, regardless of how they liked it or not, now they all like it. 
Down by the Seaside particularly was a good song for me because I remember listening to this song and like you get about halfway you get about halfway you're like this is a weird Led Zeppelin song. Nothing about this sounds like Led Zeppelin until it gets to the bridge. I'm like, oh, this is absolutely a Led Zeppelin song. You know, oh my god, Pearl Jam was kind of Zeppelin-y because yeah. look at like No Code in those records. Mm. They did something different no every time. I'm a huge Pearl Jam guy. No Code for me is actually my favorite Pearl Jam album, which is not something. Wasn't you that the one with Off He Goes and Off He uh, Goes and Hail Hail and Hail, Sometimes yep. and uh, Up Here in My Tree, which is a underrated song. Red Mosquito was on Quarter or uh, 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 Vitology, right? Red Mosquito is on No Code, uh, as is Smile, which has Neil Young playing harmonica on the background. Oh, yeah. What's crazy about Pearl Jam, this is my, I'll, I'll say this one before we get to Lightning Round. If you've ever heard of it before, there's an album that Neil Young did called Mirrorball. I own it. Which I, has, I played Downtown once in a while on my show. I love that album, and I love that Pearl Jam isn't necessarily promoted as being the backing band or the people behind him, but that's them, and you can Rector tell. Record company bullshit. Yeah. That was a big thing. They wouldn't yeah. allow them because it was two different yeah. companies. And On the Ocean, excellent song. That's such a good album. Peace and Love, yeah. such a good song. Uh, there's a, What's the one I have? I just listened to it. Is it Song X, I think, is the one I song listened to. Song X, like yeah. That's like my wrestling thing. Hey, oh, way we go. We're on the road to never. Yeah, it's fucking, yeah. Uh, um, so, I have to tell you, can I plug Thunderwatt quick? Yes, I wanted to get into that, please. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The, no, the band Thunderwatt. Yeah, look yeah. us up on Facebook and look us up on YouTube, too, because we video and audio everything. Wonderful. And I actually just found out about this when I was doing research on you. How long have you been doing the Thunderwatt thing? Thunderwatt's going on three years old now. Nice. Yeah. What, what do you play? You sing? I'm a harmonica player, and oh, I nice. do sing some. What we did was, you know Government Mule, Warren yeah. Haynes Band? Yeah, yeah. After me and Bob Moore, the drummer, were in Slug for 14 years... We wanted to do something different, but we still like the jam band thing. I always loved Government Mule. I said, let's do something like that. Let's find some guys. And it took a while. We tried. We almost did something with China Pig, but then things happened in people's personal lives. Um, we didn't do anything with Danny. But anyways, we ended up finding Jim Inman and Jim Chase, and we started jamming. Yeah. And we decided just what I wanted to do. Let's see what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Every band will have a sound. Yeah. Now let's see, like Government Mule, what we can fold in from outside. Mm-hmm. And it worked. I mean, Pink Floyd songs, Black Sabbath songs. Mm-hmm. Jim Inman is is a genius. Yeah. He's one of those guys with like one of those pedals with like oh, the, the, the big boards. I can't remember. It's not yeah, an Alessis. Yeah, yeah. But he knows how to layer songs. He knows how yeah, to make yeah. it work. He can hit the button, get the right sounds for David Gilmore off the Animals album. Mm-hmm. And then a couple songs later, if we're doing Led Zeppelin, you know. In, in we could get into such a conversation about pedals right now, and I've I'm, I feel like that's gonna get us somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I don't know shit about him to be honest with you, but oh. I know he bought it. He knows how to work everything on it. It makes a better show. Oh yeah. You know, we do some pre-recorded stuff too, like keyboard parts for some of the oh, animal yeah. songs, just because we couldn't do we couldn't bring so keyboards to. At the time, we're only four. So the intro to one song, the intro to another song. You know, I hit the button on the iPad, it plays, and we play the song. Um, but then for some of the other Pink Floyd songs that have like sound effects in them and stuff, we got all that stuff. But we do a good show. Yeah. You know, you leave and he knows how to run the sound correctly. He runs it in stereo. Things come out of both sides. Fuck, we got two theremins on stage. Hell yeah. We literally, yeah. we do some of that Zeppelin stuff. We use the theremins, you know. Where can people go to learn more about the band upcoming dates? You got a website or anything? Facebook.com slash Thunderwatt, I think is what it would be. And um, we don't have the website because I'm cheap. Yeah. But, you know, Facebook does a lot. Facebook is, And then YouTube. Yeah. 
Yeah, YouTube's really. But you know what YouTube does? It pisses me off, and I Take hate this. Be- Hit you with the copyright infringements. Get a lot. No, no, not, thank God, not. Yeah, Jim actually controls it, so maybe. But a lot of places that want a book, like the Turning Stone. Yeah. Okay, send us your YouTube page. There's got to be a lot of live music on there. But the YouTube page, we've got like a hundred live videos. Yeah. And then there's like. 15 videos that Bob and Jim do in the studio when they just want to kill time. They'll cover some songs like Soundgarden sure. something like that. But they line up like from latest things posted. So some of those studio videos are at the top mm-hmm. and people when they go to it like a guy that wants to book you sure. won't scroll down. Yes. Or they won't click on most popular. There's there's like 800 yeah. views on some songs and shit like that. That's just... But it's just the way YouTube lines them up, and it always yeah. reverts to that, so it's it drives me crazy. All the internet stuff is driven off algorithms, and I don't know yeah. how to handle it sometimes. But anyways, yes, Facebook and YouTube, Thunder Watt. Thunder Watt. It's Thunder Watt with two Ts, yeah. One, yep. one word, two Ts at the end. Uh, and yes, it was originally Thunder Twat, but nobody's going to hire that band. <laughs> They're surely not going to put that poster up. Depends where you go. Certainly. Yeah. New York City, you might get booked. Um, so I want to get to lightning round questions. We are rapidly approaching the all-time record for interviews. I want you to know that. Oh, jeez, man. No, it's good. It's not a complaint. I love it. So, uh, Genesee Joe, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Uh, so let's get into these lightning round questions very quickly. Uh, Joe, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Uh, coffee just with a little cream. A little cream. Good. Very good. <laughs> but with a five-hour energy shot. Oh, see, they give me jittery. I can't do the five-hour energy <sighs> Yeah, I do the I do the dollar ones. But anyways, this is not lightning rounds, but I keep talking. So, uh, what was your first automobile? Oh, uh, it was a 1964 Chevy Apache truck. Ooh, did I Chevy crashed Apache. into? <laughs> did I crashed into those things at the top of Proctor Boulevard in a snowstorm? Oh, I've done that one. That's a good. One. <laughs> my, my next one I really liked was a '76 Camaro in like '87. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Well, you may or may not have driven either of these cars to it, but what was your first live music concert? Johnny Cash at the Odd with my dad. Wow, really? Yeah. Cash at the Odd? Johnny Cash at the Odd. I don't remember a lot about it. I was young. Next one that I do remember was Charlie Daniels' band at the Odd. Wow, Charlie Daniels. That must have been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. <laughs> television show. Uh, my name is Earl on Netflix. Yes. I don't know why I'm stuck on it, but I love well, that's it. That's a good one. I love Jason If I Lane. win the lottery, I'm my name is Erling things. And I will say this here in public. <laughs> I'm going to do a my name is Earl list, but only if I win the lottery. Um, uh, album I'm listening to right now, it's like I said, it was just uh, Ramones Live at Four Acres. Mm-hmm. Not reading anything currently. Mm. What was the other one? Uh, movie or television show. Uh, no, I haven't watched any movies yeah. lately. Uh, if you could sit down and have dinner with one person, living or dead, who is not your family, who would you choose? Holy crap. Yeah, it's tough. Um, Neil Young. Neil Young. be awesome to hear Neil Young talk. Yeah, and I'd also square him away on a few things I didn't like about 30 years, but go ahead. <laughs> you tell him how Reactor was a terrible album? No, Reactor was an excellent <laughs> album, but uh, some of his merchandise was crap. Well, but anyways. Uh, and finally, Joe, besides being a vocal part of our local culture, besides being on the radio for 25 years, besides music, besides Grateful Dead, which you're obviously going to enjoy soon, give me one more thing that you are passionate about. Man, there's a couple things. Mm. Well, one of my biggest passions right now is the home improvement thing. Yeah. I mean, there's like world scope stuff. Like if I could, I'd make it so there was no homeless people in yeah. Utica. I would mm-hmm. just, you know, open up another or help out one of the kitchens by making sure, sure there was food, clean clothes. You know what? This is it. 
God's honest truth. And this is another one as if I hit the lottery things, besides buy the radio station and probably lose a shitload of money. Sure. But, no, I would make sure that, like, anybody who's walking around homeless mm-hmm. had a place to go where they could wash their clothes, they could wash themselves, they could get something to eat. If they wanted to try and get help with any mental problems or any drug problems, they could find it. There should never be a reason for anybody, especially in this. I hate to sound like I'm pandering because so many people do about this, and yeah. I hate that, but veterans. Yeah. There should be no veterans yeah. that went over there and fought and came back a little whacked out on the street. That's Or they should at least have a better option, you know? A lot of this stuff sort of ties into what's been bothering me about, like, just the news in general over the last... I feel like they're... I feel yeah. sort of helpless when you look at all the stuff that goes on sometimes. Like, I, I don't even know... I feel like I'm screaming into the void more often than not sometimes, you know? Yeah, I are. You know, you see people <laughs> chiming in and they'll, like, praise the administration... And it could even go with the last one. It doesn't yeah. matter which administration. I'm not picking on the current sure, one. Yeah. But then go like, you know, there's homeless veterans. Somebody should help them. Who the fuck do you think put them on the street in the first yeah, place? No shit, man. The army should be taking care of these guys when they come back. Mm. I hear you. It's, it, but it, I don't know all the answers, no, so I don't talk I'm about not it. I'm a politician, so. Yeah. Joe, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you come in. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's... Uh, we're so happy to have you on the air. 25 years. Congratulations. Thank you. We really, really hope for 25 more. It's been, honestly, a real, real pleasure to have you in the Good studio. Good to meet you, because I know, actually, our families have been friends for a long time. Well, we can, I remember they had name from years back, but... There are a lot of Favolaros floating around. So yeah. We're all trouble. Real close, too. <laughs> you get you, you get an A-plus for knowing the Reactor album. Thank you, I'm going to give you a C-minus for saying it wasn't good. <laughs> Joe, Thanks, thank man. you very much. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. Once again, a, a grand, grand thank you to uh, Genesee Joe for spending time here. You know, it was a long interview, and then he hung out for like another hour afterwards, and we just ended up talking about music, just talking about like random stuff. Um, but actually, there was something we discussed in the interview, and I brought it up to you, Kevin. I asked him at some point in time, like, what makes something classic rock, basically? Like, how, how long does something have to be around for it to be considered classic rock? And you brought up a point to me, which I'd never heard before. And if you remember it, I'd like you to share it again. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about how, like, you were looking at a band like Pearl Jam or whatever. Like, how many years does Pearl Jam have to be before Pearl Jam is considered classic rock? Yeah. Like, how many years away does something have to be classic rock? And this, I can't take all the credit for this point because this is a conversation I had with a great friend of the podcast, Kevin Ennis. Mm-hmm. Um, great friend. Great, great friend. Uh, very loyal listener listens all the time he's not listening right now Uh, but no he was basically talking about he's like no people have it all wrong classic rock is rock and roll music that came out from this year to this year and that's it Right. you don't graduate into classic rock or age into classic rock classic rock is 
uh, genre is a name for a time period of music mm. that came out in a time. So it's not like, oh, well, your album came out 30 years ago, so now it's classic rock. Classic rock is the music that came out at this time, just like New Wave is the music from this time, and, you know, punk is the music from this time, or whatever different kind. So basically, it's the idea that you can't age into classic rock. Classic rock just is what it is. Mm. The same way that, like, you know, the grunge music kind of is what it is. Sure. So it's not like classic rock is something that you go and achieve. It's a name for a yeah. certain type of music that came out in a certain yeah. bracket of years. Which makes sense. Because something doesn't become classic rock. And I think one of the reasons, and he mentioned during the interview. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, yeah, please. Then all music's classic. Then no matter right, what. Right, like at so some no point in time. Right, classic, yeah. Something like, special. If it was something you graduated into, eventually everything would be classic rock. Yeah, because they had like oldies music on the radio the other day, and it was like Britney Spears. And I'm like, wait, this is so weird. That is an oldie now. Like, you know I that. know, but it feels weird to like hear Oldie that, so. is different than the, the term classic but rock. is a specific classic. genre classification. Okay. Yeah. You know Pearl Jam I mean? falls into that because their their influences are very classic rock. Like you listen to a Pearl Jam song and it sort of has that Who vibe, and it doesn't sound out of place on like a classic rock station necessarily. Sometimes that was my argument, I guess. I suppose for Pearl Jam. Sure, no, I agree with that. Um, so uh, just to get you folks up to speed, uh, I am leaving very, very, very early in the morning to go to Washington D.C., our nation's capital, for the first time ever. I've never been to Washington D.C. So for any of you folks who are listening to this, uh, if you have any dope things that you can do in D.C. that I should be checking out. Well, chaperoning 50 kids and on a very, very tight, tight schedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but hit me up. Let me know if there's any cool things in D.C. I should at least mention. Tell me about how cool my trip could have been. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about the things I could have done, done had I gone by myself. Um, so because of that, uh, we're not going to go too long with our history lessons or anything else today. And we do oh, a, no. How sad. Only a few things. And a lot of them are, are uh, music and entertainment. I'm so things. glad I'm leaving this failing show. <laughs> failing, fake news, fake news. I like calling everything failing. It's one of my favorite things to call things. Uh, so uh, on this date in 1970, Carol King uh, had her first number one hit. You guys know what the song was? Anyone? Carol King? Nobody? No. It's too late. You know that one? It's too late, baby. It's a good song. Carol King is one of the most underappreciated musicians in the history of music. Everybody yes. should look up who she is, learn about her, because Carol mm -hmm. King is a boss. She's your boss, and you need to know. Mm -hmm. The B-side on that track was I Feel the Earth Move Under My Feet, which is also a good track. Yeah. <laughs> and Carol King played on a billion other people's tracks. Yes. And gets no yeah. you know what I mean? Like she had some hits of her own, but mm -hmm. she was on a lot of stuff. If you're a person like me who gets on like Wikipedia dive sometimes, mm -hmm. she's a good Wikipedia read. Look up Carol King. Very interesting. Um also in music news, this one's a little closer to home for uh for you and me, Kev. I don't know about I don't know how much you feel about this band yet. We'll find out now. On this day in well, on almost this day in nineteen ninety seven Blink-182 released the important album Dude Ranch, which may not have been important for everybody, but it was certainly important for me and Kev, I know. Definitely you too. 20-year <laughs> anniversary of Dude Ranch. Yeah? Yeah. Um, Green Day, Blink-182, bands like that always will live as like the bands that helped me like learn how to create music. Whether or not I can still listen to all of it all the time and appreciate it the way I once did, they always hold that spot. I don't. There's. I don't lose it the way that some people have with music. That there's definitely some bands I used to like more back in the day that I don't like as much now. But a lot of stuff hasn't aged out for me the way it seems to for a lot of people. I, I can still find my. I still pick my spots with a lot of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Particularly, this album did not age for me. Like I still enjoy this album. Uh, but a lot of stuff, a lot of like the mid-level stuff ages out for me. Like you, yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of the filler, if you will. What was like a band that you were into when you were a kid, Heather, that you don't really care for anymore? I used to love Candlebox. 
that's Candlebox. That's Candlebox. Perfect example. Oh Candlebox had two songs. Neither of them were that good. I would always complain with the jukebox. That's so camp all the time. Oh, yeah. Candlebox, man. What's Candlebox sucks. Is that cumbersome? Did you see Candlebox? No, that's uh, somebody else. Candlebox is uh, far behind. But then there was like Left green. me far behind. Left me far behind. Only you. I keep confusing them <laughs> with Blind Melon. Is that the other one? That's yeah, that's a that's a third group. That's, that's another that's one. Like the other that's one. still no, not the other one, like Presidents of the United States. I love them. Who's the one who did uh, Thunder? I love Pop. <laughs> Wait, I'm thinking Alive now. These are all the same oh, band, right? Too. Are these all the same band? No, no, they're all very different. They're, <laughs> all, no, they're all different. Uh, Cumbersome was done by a group called Seven Mary Three. Oh yes. Oh my God. Blind Melon is known for their hit song No Rain. With the Bumblebee girl in it, sorta. When you think of who's the other band you said uh, just now? Uh, God, I lost it because live. Was, live. Live, live is uh, like lightning crashes. Yeah. I it's alone. Yeah, Light, your I lightning crashes. But I loved terrible. that song. song. <laughs> Even back then, I didn't like it. It was too heavy-handed. Man. We would have never much. been friends. That it's too much. Awful music no, we for sure would have been friends. But like, I would have just teased you about listening to junk bands. I like. Yeah, that's what I was listening to. Yeah, because I would go. I went. I remember I would go watch Newfound Glory. I would watch go and see all them. Newfound Glory is still. I have not phased out on Newfound Glory yet. If you play a Newfound Glory song for me, I still really like it. Yo. Newfound Glory Slays. Um, on this day in 2013, um, this is a sad one. James Gandolfini died at the age of 51. Um, shame. I didn't care as much when it happened because I hadn't watched Sopranos yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is a shame. I, I've been thinking about this because I've been really, really enjoying the Twin Peaks revival, the Twin Peaks return. I've watched all seven episodes. I've read everything about all of them already. And one of the things I've noticed that's kind of a shame about this Twin Peaks series is there's a few important actors who've died in the 25 years since that show's come back. And with Gandolfini particularly, with him being dead, it almost is like, well, they're never going to do any Sopranos thing ever again. There's no chance because you can't do it without him. Speaking of, did you see the news about that? No. Oh. No. Uh, There's some news on that front. Really? Yeah. What's what's his name? David Simon? David Simon, yeah. David Simon has come out and kicked him. Now, this isn't something that's been like pitched. There's no contracts in place. But he's come out and basically kicked about the idea just recently. It was in the news this week about a Sopranos prequel. Starring Tony's dad and Uncle June coming up in the 60s. Ah, now, now this, this is a fascinating <laughs> idea. I don't necessarily So all those this. dudes like Silvio and Silvio and Big Puss and Tony and everybody yeah, yeah. would be like kids. I'm into that for sure. In yeah, and you'd see uh, Tony's mom being mean and yeah. like getting into stuff, Livia Sprano. I don't know, man. That's, that's interesting too, but I mean like you can't, there's no way you're going to finish the story of what happened to Tony. Like, the Tony Soprano story ends... That's because Tony Soprano was executed in that diner. Everybody knows it. If you have a brain, you know it. Everybody knows it. He's dead in that They laid it on pretty thick. Get it together. Mm. Spoiler alert for a show that ended 15 years ago. (laughs) I never watched it, but thank you. Have you ever watched it? (laughs) No. Uh, Well, Well, the ending of that show is like disgusted film classes. It's like hard to call it a spoiler They made it really, really ambiguous. People were very angry when it happened. I personally think that he died. I think that it's a great ending in hindsight. Like, I think they did a good I think job. That they, yeah, I like it. I you think he's dead. It. Oh, well. Yeah. It's great. And the last and most importantly, the not the least. Uh, this oh, is I'm big I'm having news. so much fun that I forgot we're, we're in history still. La- this is a good history one. You guys I are really going to like we were in history. On this day in 2015, the Uticast premiered episode number one featuring guest Cliff Montoni. Uh, this is... Uh, now, I didn't want to make this like a... a, a a celebratory episode because we just did 100. Like See, that. I thought I th- I thought I pitched that we should have done it. You should have come out like this episode 104. Wait a minute, 
Wait a minute, haha, we told you no more celebratory episodes, <laughs> but we're here just four shows later. Uh, yeah, so two full years, and what's funny to me, and the only reason I think of it as interesting is because we still have yet to miss a week of show, so it really is two direct years Boom. since we were here starting this show. Disrupt that. Uh, ooh, wow, got it. Oh, uh, so, I, love, I love all those boys dearly. I love most of those boys dearly. Um, so let me throw this at you. Do you remember... I love all the boys I know dearly. Well, let me throw this at you. I don't know some you. of those guys. Never met them. Do you remember anything about episode one? Because I was thinking about this. I remember very little of what the show sounded like. I don't go back and listen to them. Spoiler, I don't listen to a lot of the episodes we make once I put them out. Spoiler, I've never listened to an episode of this show unless that one time you played it for me in the car and I was like, why? Well, back in the day, I I listened to the cuts. Well, I listen to the cuts to make sure they're not, like, broken and the show works. Yeah, you do the editing, so you listen through, like, the transitions and stuff like that. But no, I I know what I said. What do I got to listen to? I just don't like hearing my own voice. <laughs> you have a great voice. I don't know oh, why. Thanks. People tell me that about my voice as well. People are like, you have an incredible voice. You sound like you should be on the radio. I'm like, my voice is the worst. No. It sounds great in my head. Oh, if you could ever hear the voice in my head, you'd all be spooning. Uh, but no. <laughs> <laughs> so we leave now? The voice in my head sounds great, but the one I put out, I do not like as much. Aww. So I'm with you on that. Uh, so this is technically our, uh, you know how wedding anniversaries have like materials that go with like your gold anniversary, silver anniversary? Mm-hmm. You know that? Yeah. Do you guys know what the two-year anniversary material is? Oh, it's some sort of crap. Yeah, it's crap. What do you... For straw? Straw's straw. good guess. What do you got? For what, though? Two-year anniversary. Do you, do you know... Like do, I don't think she knows what you're talking about. All right, so, like, you know how people say, like, your 25th anniversary is yes. your silver anniversary, oh. and your 50th is your golden anniversary? So you're supposed so. to give your partner something of silver at oh. 25, oh. something of gold at 50? This actually... Each year has a thing. Every oh. year has a they thing. They just don't talk about them, because most of the other ones are crap. I think your oh. one is, like, paper. Yeah, we're, yeah, your we're one is... You're supposed to give somebody a paper gift. And their second one? Oh, um... I, I don't know. A, a beer. <laughs> that's a good... That's a, so there's two types. There's a traditional and modern. Traditionally, your two-year your two year anniversary was your cotton anniversary. You would give them some cotton. Yo. Oh. All right. Uh, the more modern equivalent of this is the China anniversary. So you'd give someone fine China would be what you would receive on your second... I tell you, We're that, not bringing you fine this is completely, <laughs> completely a marketing scheme thought up by people who wanted more money. You don't make a jump from cotton to... Fine China. <laughs> yeah, well, you oh, get, you're not spending enough in a year or two. You should just be more like creative with your cotton choices. Give somebody, Happy. oh Jesus, give somebody a fine cotton tunic, and now you're supposed to give them what, a China now, set? Now a whole China set. Oh. Uh, so, congratulations, guys. We made it two years. Here's to as many years as we can stomach more. How's that sound? Yeah, man, like we're you. out here. We're hanging in. Uh, a couple quick uh, things I want to hit before we play a little game to close out today. Uh, one of these is, I know we talked a lot about being blocked on Twitter last week. Remember I, I discussed our my situation being blocked? Uh, yeah, yeah. One of my idols also got blocked on Twitter this week. That's right. Uh, one of my all-time favorite authors, Stephen King, yeah, was blocked by our president He made a big deal, Twitter too. this week. He definitely made a big deal. You made us think about it. Yeah. I feel bad because it was... I think that was like, wasn't that a while ago? He's still talking about it. He's, I just heard about King is still talking week. about well, it. Yeah, he's right. He loves it. <laughs> did you see how bad he would troll him? Yes. You know what the best part is about it? Because like Stephen King would kill him really hard on Twitter all the time. I love Stephen King. Great follow. He's um, the best. I'm for sure a constant reader. I'm way into it. But uh, the interesting thing about him is every single thing he would ever say, he would never at him in the tweet. No. Which means that Trump is going on. It's not even even in his mentions. It's not even in his mentions. He had to go out there and find it to block him. I think it's hilarious. Good for him, man. Well, that means. If I was an old man with money and stature and disagreed with the current administration, I'd be gunning for it, too. Well, that's the thing. Like, is this. Is that the golden grail if you're like a liberal celebrity is like to get blocked by Trump, right? If you're like a liberal, active Twitter celebrity, like a young liberal or anything like that. If that's your golden grail, uh, aim higher. (laughs) <laughs> aim higher social media means nothing 
dear God, be better, world. <laughs> I'm sorry. How many Go. times have you been blocked by somebody on Twitter, Heather? Never. N- you've never been blocked by anybody? Not that I'm aware of. No ex-lovers, jaded no, ex-people, no. no people who don't like you, no. competition, nobody? Not, not that I'm aware of. Have you been blocked? I should go through and check Once. now. Who blocked you? <laughs> We're not doing that. But, um, <laughs> I've been, I, listen, if this serves as a hint to you, I was I was blocked, unblocked, blocked, unblocked quite a few times by somebody. Ah, one time. I've had that happen a couple times. Count, We're, we're <laughs> probably different sides of the same coin there. Yes, probably. If that if that elucidates it for you. I don't you think I've been on Twitter long enough to be blocked. I'll block you right now. No, don't. I'm going to follow you so I, I can block Tom you. Selleck. He, he I'm gonna follow you on Twitter right now. This um, is happening live on the air. This is great radio. <laughs> this is not the radio. <laughs> All right. So while we're while we're blocking each other on Twitter, I do have one why great. Am I getting work texts at eight o'clock at night. This is why I don't pick up my phone. Ooh, yeah. You know, I was on vacation. That's a good point. I'm glad news. you said that. I had. I went back into work today for the first time since my sort of vacation from last week, and somebody said to me, "Did you get the email I sent you last week?" And I said, "No." I was on vacation. Of course I didn't get the yeah. email. Do you think that when I'm on vacation, I'm out there checking my emails every day? No, I forgot email existed. I had like 300 emails when I got I up there this morning. I think people have an expectation that people should be checking their emails and still working when it's kind of ridiculous. I think that I'm not important enough over there where people forgot that I was on vacation is really what happened. I think is probably like not essential enough. Uh, so I have one more story for you guys before we get into our game. Uh, I'm going to give you the headline. Uh, You tell me how you feel about this, okay? Remorseful husband who robbed bank to escape wife is sentenced to house arrest. Uh, this is probably my favorite story. Sorry, what did I you love say? This story. Uh, a remorseful 71-year-old man who <laughs> robbed a Kansas City, Kansas bank last September told the police he hoped to land in prison to quote escape his wife. He was told by a federal judge on Tuesday that heart surgery had left him depressed and unlikely to go into prison, so he is forced into house arrest. So now he's stuck around his wife 24/7. This is desperate. He literally went in there and said. Took the money and then just walked out there and sat with the the money until the cops showed up. Dude, I would love to be a judge. <laughs> I'd be heavily trolling people like that all the time, just nonstop. That's amazing. <laughs> Apparently, he just walked in and said, "I have a gun. Give me money." Yeah. that's what he said. So he gave him three thousand dollars and he just sat there afterwards. <laughs> Calling the robbery a cry for help, uh, the gentleman said that he has since been properly diagnosed and is on medication and seems to feel like his normal self again. But he's still stuck at home. Just divorce me. <laughs> I know, right? Like it seems like divorce would have been the way to go, right? Unless, uh, unless there was something going on. That's not. That's not realistic. No, you can't. No, because you can't. He's too old. He's not going to divorce her. That's true. It costs him too much money. It's just too much. He's just going to go live in jail. And He's an old time. He's like, whatever. Get me out. Books. Who knows? I'd like to sit down and talk to those two. <laughs> All right, so guys, for our uh, two... Standing invitation for that guy. You can be a guest on the podcast anytime you want, sir. I'd like to hear your side. So a long time ago, I think when Aaron Higgins was on the show, we did a game where... Remember Aaron Higgins? No. No? Somebody does, at least. Uh, No, shout out to GFOP Aaron Higgins. Uh, So we played a game where we read Donald Trump quotes and Hitler quotes and tried to decide who said which, right? We just said the quote and tried to figure it out. This was before he was the president. So uh, I don't want to compare him to a dictator now because that would seem uh, not a little too on the nose for you to be comfortable with as you head into DC for the week. Yeah, exactly. They, they, you know, the NSA is watching me already. Uh, So let's say we found a little more comical one. We're gonna replay this game, but it's a little different. So I'm gonna pit Kevin and Heather against each other to see who gets the most right. Best out of ten. Who said this? President Donald Trump or Mr. Burns from The Simpsons? All right, you guys ready? Ready. All right, quote number one. 
By building this casino, I can tighten my stranglehold on this dismal town. By building this casino, I can tighten my stranglehold on this dismal town. Oh, man. Uh, go, go ahead, Heather. I don't, I don't think Trump would have said that. I'm going to go Trump. Uh, this is Montgomery Burns. This is Mr. Burns. This is the word dismal. Dismal, I like yeah. I can't yeah dismal's Trump. not in his vocabulary. I can't see Trump saying that. All right, quote number two. You don't have to sue me to get my pants off. Donald Trump or Mr. Burns, you don't have to sue me to get my pants off. Donald Heather? I don't, I don't even Trump. know what world we live in anymore. <laughs> um, I'll take Burns just to oppose Heather to make the score interesting. This is Mr. Burns as well. So one for each of you. Mr. Burns said both of these. <laughs> like number three. My fingers are long and beautiful as it has been well Trump. 150. Stop talking. All right. So yeah, two, <laughs> you both get a point on that one. That one's Trump. He does have little tiny baby hands though. <laughs> Quote number four. In life, you have to rely on the past, and that's called history. In life, you have to rely on the past. I'm gonna go with Trump. And it's Burns. Called... I like Burns for this one. This one is Donald Trump. Yes. Heather, leading three to two. Number five. Uh, what makes a man endanger his job, and yes, even his life, by asking me for money? What makes a man endanger his job, and yes, even his life, by asking me for money? Montgomery Burns. Yeah, Burns. That is indeed Mr. Burns. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Number six, and this one actually has a preemptive quote that says sarcastic, okay? <laughs> oh, the Germans are mad at me. I'm so scared. Oh, the Germans. Oh. So the quote is, <clears throat> oh, the Germans are mad at me. I'm so scared. Oh, the Germans. I just feel like I could see Trump saying that. I'm going to go with Trump. I could just see his hands moving, and <laughs> I could see him saying that. I'm president of the United States. Man. Um, I'll go Trump man this is Montgomery Burns (laughs) nobody gets it number seven (laughs) oh this is a great one by the way part of the beauty of me is that I am very rich quote number seven part of the beauty of me is that I am very rich who said it Trump Heather Oh, Trump I'm gonna go this is Donald Trump. Yes, correct. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> All right. So Heather is up by one. There are three left. So we're getting toward the end here, okay? Mm. Here's the quote. Anyone can start a family. These days, no one can find a job. The quote is, anyone can start a family. These days, no one can find a job. I'm going to let Heather answer first because she's Trump. been coattailing all yeah. my answers. Oh, you can't. You talk too fast. Uh, answering after me, you talk too slow. <laughs> so you have hump, uh, Trump on this, Heather? Yes. Uh, what? what Anyone can start a family. These days, no one can find a job. That would have to be Trump, because Burns would never care if somebody could find a job or not. This is actually Montgomery Burns. You both got this wrong. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right, number nine. Uh, money was never a big motivation for me, except as a way to keep score. Money was never a motivation for me, except as a way to keep score. I'll go first. Trump? Uh, we'll do the same. That is Donald Trump. Boom. All right. So, Heather, you need to get this one right to win. If, uh, Kevin, you get this one, it'll be a tie. Okay? The last one. (laughs) (laughs) Number 10. 
You're the fattest thing I've ever seen, and I've been on safari. I'm going to read that back. You're the fattest thing I've ever seen, and I've been on safari. Who said it? I'm going to go with Burns. Okay. I like Burns. This is Mr. Burns. Yes, correct. Uh, Heather, congratulations. You win six to five in the epic Who Said It? Donald Trump or Mr. Burns contest. Congratulations. Uh, you win you the rest of that You know that this piece of paper says seven to six. That's what I said, right? You said six to five. Oh, well, I'm bad at math. He can't even count. <laughs> <laughs> and he rigged the lines for it, too. Folks, I want to thank you for joining us for two straight years of the UECast podcast. It seems weird to say that, even as I, I say it I guess things are getting pretty serious with these listeners. We should think about moving in together. We should. Us and the listeners. We should. You guys want to... So if you're a listener who wants to come live at the house... Slide into Sam's DMs. Word. <laughs> it happens more often than you think. Uh, folks, you can follow Heather at HeatherWise1. On Twitter, you can follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan, me at SF Doom, or do yourself a favor and just follow the show at Uticast. It's not the Utica Cast, even though two years in, people call it that still, I've noticed. It's the Uticast. Uticast.com, Made in Utica, SoundCloud, iTunes. It has been a pleasure. We will see you next week. Woodstock lives. Thank you.